Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about toxic relationships and how previous toxic relationships can bleed into your current relationships with your partner, your friends, your kids, maybe even yourself. We're even going to reveal something that happened within our own little friend circle that could have turned toxic. Did we save it? Find out. We also have a special guest, our good friend, Kristen Brust, who's not only an amazing mommy to two little kiddos, but she also hosts a podcast of her own. It's called In Kristen We Brust and In Kristen We Do Brust. So make sure you check her out. You can follow her on Insta at a little bit fancy. As always, come follow us at Hi My Name Is Mom Official. And you're about to hear Kristen's mom fashion right now. My husband was on the road. He's an artist. And so he was touring and I had an infant and a toddler at home by myself. And I started recruiting some help because I was like, I really need something. I just need a day. And so I recruited the sweetest older lady who was a very Jesus loving lady. And I came home after like my second break. Like we barely, you know, like we were all kind of just still getting to know each other. It's very hard for me to leave them. I have a lot of separation anxiety. And she goes, I just, I need to just tell you something. Love said something today. And, and, um, and I get, I was like, oh my gosh, what did she, I got, what could she possibly have said? And she was like, she was in her playroom and she just, you know, dropped something. And she goes, ah, fucking train wreck. <laughs> and she goes, I was confused. And so I thought, love, what did you say? And she was like, oh, look at this place. It's a fucking Fagler. train wreck. <laughs> you are very Jesus loving, new to me sitter. And I said, I'm mortified and I'm so sorry. She bursts out laughing. She's like, it's really okay. I just really, it took me a minute to understand that's what she was really saying because I thought there's no way this is what's coming out of this itty bitty's little mouth. So now in our house, FTW does not mean for the win anymore. It means fucking train wreck. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives. And at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. (laughs) This is... Hi, my name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. Welcome to Hi, My Name is Mom. (laughs) First of all, I'd like to say that you know your families are close. When one of your husbands drops off bras at the other one's house. Did he get them? Did you get the bras? Which happened today. Kayla's husband dropped off a bag of bras. So John and I had this text chain going like, do you have the bras? Could you get me the bras? When should I meet you to get the bras? And then I CC'd my husband on it and I'm like, hey, Ty, John has some bras. Can you go? And it's because I can drop them off at your house. Yeah, he goes, it's better than Amazon. And he texts me a picture of the bra sitting on the front stoop. (laughs) (laughs) So I had given Kayla a bunch of bras that uh, I could no longer fit in because I had no boobs. And then now, of course, I've outgrown everything. So I'm like, hey, are you using them? (laughs) I don't even fit in them. Anyway, um, that that is beside the point. We have Kristen Brust on today. Yay! Hi, Welcome, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hi, friends. So we're excited. As we told you on the podcast last week, uh, I think we described her, you described her as a unicorn, I think. I'm not a huge fan of the whole unicorn trend going on because... Why do you hate unicorns? I love unicorns, but because I love them so much, I don't want it to be a trend. I want to keep them special and rare. And and so I don't want to take away like from any actual unicorn that I do find, which is Christmas. Have you played that game where you put a unicorn horn on your head and then you throw rings at it? 
No, but I, I, want I think we just—I think we just figured out what we're doing for Kayla's next birthday party. Though <laughs> I can—I can totally see her with like a horn on her head, going like this. <laughs> yes. I'm like really passionate about overcoming toxic relationships and different boundaries in in life in general. Like it's something I enjoy talking about. And I came across Kristen's podcast and it just hit me and I just knew that we had to talk about it. And because for me uh, and in my marriage, Jonathan and I have two completely separate demons that we battle on our own. And that that combination is like extremely toxic if we are not, um, if we're not in time place. Yeah, if we're not intentional with um, with ourselves and our words and our behavior patterns, like we have to actively work that we don't cross each other's boundaries. Um, I I grew up where I was not taught that I was not taught to say no when your cup is empty. I was taught that when your cup is empty, and and it's not from a bad thing because I have amazing parents who were just unbelievable givers. And uh, for me, it created um, a, a toxic boundary line for me where I would let people take even when I was completely empty. And then I would feel unworthy to ask for anybody to fill my cup. And Jonathan, like you're a toxic giver almost. Like I, giving, I am. Absolutely. You know, yourself. And I'm, I give, 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 give. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here empty. This person's taking advantage of me. This person is. And really it was me. Um, letting myself give when I had an empty cup and Jonathan grew up the exact opposite where he was an only child. Um, it, there was a little bit of verbal abuse in his family. And so there was lots of defense mechanisms coming out on his end. So he would just take and take and take because that's, that's what was comfortable for him. Um, and that was what was thrown at him. And so that combination has been, has been, uh, a habitual like learning curve for us together in a relationship. And um, Kristen, you just hit so hard when you were talking about like boundaries and being worthy of love and all those kind of things. And I just, I loved how you just connected a lot of dots and you're going to say it better than I can. So I'm going to let you chime in. So I, and I've been careful about this because I, a, my husband is in the public eye. So, you know, people always feel like if you're in the public eye, like it's juicier or something. Yeah. Um, and I always am trying to be protective. I shouldn't say protective, respectful of these people that don't have an equal platform that I do. So like when I talk about my family, I try to just kind of like say it with rounded edges. And when I talk about, you know, like ex-husband, I say that with rounded edges because I don't want to like blast anyone. And there's equal responsibility like especially in the ex-husband section of like you know just being learning and living or whatever um but in the parent section i grew up in a pretty uh alcohol and drug addicted system so a lot of rage a lot of um just a lot of stuff really early on that like no one should ever have to learn in their lifetime but certainly not by like age seven or nine or you know so I think some of my focus and like recently I've shared this too that I started a trauma therapy like an intensive trauma therapy to kind of go back in time a little bit and start to 
like heal up some of the things so that I can show up in my marriage as a whole human. That way I'm not trying to like, it's kind of hard when you're trying to like work with a partner and a husband in our case, but it's hard to work with him and like fix us as a couple or keep us healthy as a couple when I'm not like completely whole on my own. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. See, she just worked. <laughs> I looked at Kayla just now. I looked up and I, <laughs> I'm like, you're just sitting there like the sweetest high school crush. And I'm like, if I was with you right now, I'd be in your lap. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could just both lean like this way. And, yeah. You have your heads together. <laughs> um, yeah. So to answer your question, that was a really long answer. But I think when we just say what what we are and who we are, like I realized quickly, everyone's just waiting for someone else to say it so they can be like, oh, my gosh, me too. You know, like there's a lot of people that grew up that way. And and when you grow up in a system like that, you also tend to grow up with this adopted policy of like making everything look like it's fine and continuing on and having a smiley face or don't say that or let's not mention this or you know don't do that and it's like that's a really toxic thing when you bring when you continue to carry it for in my case like almost 39 years and and when I finally just said like this is the way I grew up and I'm trying to be careful again like being respectful but it is my story too unfortunately so um, I've been a little bit more sharing I've been sharing a little bit more about the trauma stuff and like how to deal with anxiety that comes with all of that but it's a little it's a little tricky but it does make for really really good deep relationships and it makes for a really good deep life if you can start to dig and sort some things out and heal some things up so with having like a two-year-old and a four-year-old and being aware of that past and like kind of I don't want to say the baggage but just like things that you've been through that you're overcoming and you're bringing that into parenting, what has changed like in the way you parent and the way you speak to your kids because of that knowledge and because of your story? Well, I think I've adopted this policy in my own life that I parent the way I want them to turn out, not the way, not from where I came from. So I parent into their future and into the spirits they are. Like my theory on these kids that we're a pretty Christ-centered household minus the FTW. So um, my theory (laughs) is that, you know, like they're just gifted to me and my job is just to steward their walk. Like I'm not, it's not, they're, they're not totally mine. They're like God's gift to me. And so it's, it's easier for me to just go like, I've been given this responsibility. I have to tend to it wisely. Um, So I try to parent out of future rather than past, which is helpful to me. The other thing is um, I realized kind of quickly once we had love, she's four, she'll be five in January. I kind of thought I was doing a really good job. I've been in therapy off and on pretty much, well, I guess consistently for almost 15 years, um, which makes me sound like I'm really a hot mess. But I thought I had kind of healed up a lot of things. And then I had her and I kind of got angry all over again, but in a different way. Because being a mom and then you're looking at someone who is like four years old and you're like, gosh, like thinking back to the things I knew already about life at four. Your innocence had kind of been, you know, yeah, made from you early. Yeah. It just kind of yeah. opened things up like wounds. I wasn't even sure were there. I mean, how, how could I? But once you have a child, it, you, it's a little bit like, man, how could you ever let that happen? You know? 
It sounds like you, I think you either become exactly, you know, the person that you were raised by or kind of the opposite. Yeah, it's crazy. They say like statistics will tell you that it's more likely that you'll become an alcoholic or an addicted to something or you'll marry someone that is. Wow. And so the breaking of the cycle is like a pretty small number of people. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Can I ask you, it's, I think it's, it's interesting because most of us can probably relate to having some type of toxic relationship or trauma filled relationship or some type of trauma in a relationship that we've carried with us into adulthood. But how do you, how do you sort of reconcile the idea of a toxic relationship versus just a bad one? Like where's, where's the line there in terms of how people define what a toxic relationship is and, and when you know it exists? I want to just remind everyone that I literally have no degree in any of this. So this is just my life experience because I'm like, that's exactly the kind of experts we claim to be though. We are yeah, experts at what like, we've experienced. I think right. I have a PhD in perspective. That's always my go-to. I do have a bachelor's degree, but it does nothing for me in this case. So I just want to make sure. That I'm <laughs> so Dr. Brust, could you please define toxic for us? I'm like, uh, college dropout. Let me get my medical practice. Let me see if I can get you on the schedule. Um, no. So I, I'll say this, like, um, I think the difference in, this is such a good question. In my heart, I feel like the toxicity is something that leaves you with a lot of holes when you walk away from it. And I think that just a bad relationship leaves you with maybe feeling. I think you learn from a bad relationship and heal from a toxic relationship. Yeah, that's a good point. That is amazing. Yeah, because I don't, I, like, I'll even say this, like, um, I was married before my husband, and I think that's also fair to say, or important to say, because I think there's so much shame around divorce. Like, I went to a Rolo Lolo, and I don't consider that a toxic relationship. I felt like it was fine. I felt like we were just two different people on very different paths, and it was, it is what it is. Um I don't have any hard feelings. I don't feel like there's anything left that I have to like really heal from him. I just was like, okay, you know, I mean, sad indeed and a mourning process, but not like the kind of relationship where pieces of you, you feel like you lost pieces of yourself to someone else. I think I've I've seen friends in those super toxic things and, and it's like, there's certain tenets of it that go beyond where it's like, first of all, it's like intent to sort of control and keep someone away from people that are going to tell you that you should be treated differently. And it's lack of self-esteem and feeling like, you know, you're giving, 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 getting nothing back. And those kind of things that really, when you're, when you're finally done with that, and I think those are even harder to be done with because of that sort of control factor of feeling like you're not worthy. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I think you really have to heal from before you get into another relationship. And that's like, that's just me having seen, you know, seen several friends go through things like that over the course of my life. Like, again, I I don't have a degree either, but that to me, it's like where it tips over the edge. Jen and I were kind of talking about, you know, you know, defining, you know, just child children teasing each other versus bullying. You know, the line there is intent and damage and consistency of the behavior. And I think it's similar. That's really interesting that you said that because like, uh, 
I got teased a lot and I always took it as teasing. And now as an adult, I'm like, I identify it more as like, oh, I was bullied a little bit here. But because like, I never wanted to ruffle feathers. I never wanted to be like, oh, I was bullied, blah, blah, blah. I just thought, oh, they're just picking on me. And Jonathan on the other end, he was kind of more in the bully thing. And sometimes I feel like he still to this day doesn't always see those boundaries. But like we talk about it and we're open about it. But like even Jen's come to me before and he's like and been like, hey, like, can can we not say this to my kids? Like that can hurt their feelings. Like because I mean, you wouldn't have came to me if you didn't know that like I I want you know, I care about you guys. And obviously I would never want to cross those boundaries, but um, <laughs> it, it's funny, like how you just identify so much differently once you're aware of something. Than well, it changes the way you parent, which I think is your whole, the whole impetus for us having this conversation, right? It's like your experiences and Jonathan's experiences yeah. together, like have completely and fully shaped yeah. the way that you're parenting Loxley. And you yeah. can either parent into oblivion in a dark space, or you could take those experiences and parent in a very positive yeah. way, which is what you're doing. Obviously. And it sounds like she'll be very well balanced. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I call her a dramatic rageaholic. That's what she's going to be. It's so funny is it's like, well, sometimes she's like um, half in the locker and half being the one that pushes the person in the locker. It's fine. Corey, I actually think that you saw Jonathan and I work through a very toxic um, communication like routine that we were in. And we had the choice to either break it or make it. And I think that we both actively like chose to. Well, and you make a good point that it's not always one person's fault that it's toxic. I think it can be the combination is toxic. It's toxic for me to not put my foot down sometimes and not give people boundaries. Like I am allowing someone to continue a bad. Well, when you put an enabler, an enabler and a doer and a pleaser with a taker, you know, even if it's just out of habit, that's a dangerous combination. And so knowing that, though, like how I am with Loxley and any kids we have in the future, like I I'm going to struggle with wanting to make sure I give her the opportunities to know what it's like to be a giver. And just because like our situation and how she's being raised is so much different than how I was raised. Um, And so I do want to make sure I have the experiences in her life that show her to put others first and to constantly be giving. But at the same time, she, I know that Jonathan will give her that balance of being like, no, you need to take a rest. Like you cannot give until your cup is full again. Like what were those issues that sort of you guys had to kind of come to so head, for us, come to head over? Um, I handle things where, and you guys both know this about me is I don't ruffle feathers. I like to like, I, to an extent where I feel like I let people kind of walk all over me just because I don't want to make an issue of anything. I don't, I don't need I don't need my voice to be heard just to be right. I would rather just stay calm. And Jonathan needs to be right. He needs to be heard. And and so I, for years, I mean, we've been together for 12 years. And I will say the first five years, I never battled him to be right. I just let him be right. And so all of a sudden, when I was like, you know what, I'm not doing okay, like doing that, because all of a sudden I had all of these years of him enabling his Leo 
goodness that he is right and he is this like man who's never wrong and he's got this like little wife cooking him chicken and whatnot and um and so when I finally like put my foot down I was like hey no that's not cool like blah 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 there was no boundaries in our relationship and it took us two years I would say to get into a really healthy groove where he knew that I wasn't going to take it anymore. I was going to say something, but at the same time that like, that made him also have a newfound respect for me. It's been a learning curve. (laughs) It's like relationships in general, like that pours into parenting easily. Like I think a, everyone just needs to understand that we will never nail it. Parenting, marriage, any of it we're never going to be perfect. So like the minute you take that off of yourself, you just allow yourself to be a human being. And if your heart is always in good intention and you're doing things with integrity, marriage, kids, friendships, anything, and you would hope that people would be able to meet you in a gracious assumption. So like not think the worst of you if something is said or misunderstood or whatever, like all of that just pours into all of our relationships, like perfectionism. And like, you know, we talked a lot like on, uh, my podcast about just like what social media does for all of us. Like it, we've, we've been so overly exposed to what we think is the way we should be that it's like almost exhausting. And then so much stress. Cause we were like, well, I'm not doing it like them or I'm not going to Paris or I'm not, you know, like whatever, or I'm not, my kids don't write complete sentences. All the FOMO. Yeah. And just <laughs> all of the expectations and like, you know, they say the highlight reel, which, but it's true. So it's like when you take the perfectionism part of it, it kind of just relieves you of a responsibility. Like, um, you know, like I listen, love's going to go to a therapist too, just for opposite reasons. Like I'm breathing her air once a day. I can't get enough of her. I'm overly in her business, but it's like, you know, I'm not nailing it, but at least she'll go for healthier reasons. And then the second thought I had was when you were talking about Leo husbands, cause I happen to know a lot about that realm of the world. There's this, Kayla and I did bond over the fact that there's like this king-like kind of wanting to be treated like royalty-ish, you know? And And I I will pause that because that's such a joke in our house that I literally photoshopped Jonathan's face on King Henry VIII and it's in our guest bathroom, like framed. Like Jonathan's face on King Henry VIII. They really just enjoy it. I mean, the the finer things in life. So like we're working a lot and I think this, pours into parenting too is just like modeling empathy like being an example not like follow me everybody but it's actually good for me too because I'm a northern girl who's very stubborn super independent so a lot of times that doesn't work well in any relationship even with my own self (laughs) so it's like you know for me like modeling empathy is good for me because it it takes me to a more vulnerable spot in my heart and my mind where I can go, okay, like, you know, Preston will be like, man, it was really hard today. And like, my first thing is like, you don't even know hard. Like I've been up with these kids, you know, like I get extra, especially when he was on the road, don't get me started. Cause he'd be calling me from Napa and he'd be like, it's a really tough day today. And I'm like, MFR, like I'm going to hang up the phone. Oh, so girl, I can't even imagine that is a tough pill to swallow. Oh, he'd be like, what am I about today? And I'm like, I don't, I, it's really interesting, but. There's just such a divide in the life experiences in that moment. That's just, uh, that's hard. We have a code word now. I'll say to him, the code phrase is opposite lives. 
and we and he knows that means that like it's just not a good time to talk about how beautiful Napa is or how amazing <laughs> Australia is or or how little poop is all over his hands at the moment. Yeah, just like the fact that like he you know peed alone and ate a hot meal is like <laughs> irritating. But that's fine. Like even in that, like for me to say like you know I'm sorry you had a tough day, that's not like I'll just this sounds really I sound like a super B, but like, that's just not who I am to be like, well, I'm sorry you had a tough day. Tell me about it. You know, I'm kind of like life's tough, you know, like move it along. And so like when I model empathy in the way of saying like, man, I'm sorry you like, you know, or that sucks, baby, I'm sorry. It just meets him in a place that's a little less defensive and a little less offensive because he just kind of sometimes is in a spirit of offense, but that's also the way I talk to him. So even with doing that with kids, like instead of love, me telling love, like stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. I just get down on our level, look her in the eyes. She's a sucker for eye contact, just like her mom. And I say, you know, like, I'm sorry, you're sad. Tell me why you're sad. And it's like, just to see and hear your people. I mean, that's marriage and parenting really, but just yeah. healthy, good relationships. And can you see the changes you've made for yourself already making a difference for a four and a two-year-old? Incredible. Like they, it's incredible. It actually makes me want to cry, but it's like when love would get scared, she's a highly sensitive person. If you've ever heard of that HSP. So like, it doesn't mean feeling wise. It's just like sensory overload. Like she's kind of like an exposed nerve. So if we go into a big party, she's not the kid that's going to be like, oh my gosh, bounce house. She's like, I need to know what happens when we walk in. Is there a bounce house? You know, Um, so It's interesting because whenever she gets overwhelmed, the first thing she wants to do is go home. And it's like, that's poetic to me because I kind of grew up where the stomach ache started at home, like opening the door to home. And so for me, it's just like, this is her safe place. She has two parents she loves. Like she'll whisper to me, like, you're my best friend, but don't tell Dada. And it's like, precious girl. No. And then she'll whisper to him, like, you're my best friend. Don't tell mama. And it's just sweetheart. But it's like just knowing she's safe and knowing that she's good and healthy. And, you know, like I watched the way she responds to her brother and it's you just got to take it's hard. Parenting's a thankless job a lot of times, especially when you're in the little, little years. And we just got to take those things as the victory. Like that's your award. That's your onstage moment. And no one's going to see it. And there is no audience. And you're not going to have glam done for sure. But (laughs) Those are the moments where you just have to be like, you know what? I'd like to thank the Academy and like, just really have your like moment because we should have like a mom Academy awards. I mean, you know, like Can we have like a mom just awards give each other prizes. Yeah. Let's like, let's like have a mom awards at the Russell. I'm gonna- and let me tell you what, Kristen, you know, everything you're saying is like what I hope I am all the time. And I think I, and I hope this isn't just me that feels like I do a pretty damn good job. Like, 84% of the time Never, and, then, like and then the rest I'm like you need to be a prick you know some kids have nothing and I have to know you some kids have nothing we did walk uphill in the snow I mean our parents I, told us that too it's okay. I have like yeah. those moments where I'm like I wouldn't talk to anyone else the way I just spoke to my kid but kids are so irrational sometimes that if they catch you in a moment man sometimes that is the hardest thing in the world to find your patience in those moments so what you're saying I don't take lightly that you're getting down on her level and you're looking in her eyes and and you're really treating her the way you would have loved to be treated. That is not easy, especially when you're not modeling behavior. You know, you it was learned. Yeah. And I will say this, too. Like, this is not all of the time. Like, we fail. There's times where I'm like, 
I also cannot handle a lot of noise. And in raising Will Ferrell, it stresses me out sometimes. <laughs> the dude is just like one bad idea after another until he goes to bed at night. And it's like, I'm saving him from himself every day, all day. And yes. like times where it's just, I'm at max. And if I do snap or say something like, I just know the importance of apologizing. And I have to learn that in my marriage too, because I am the worst apologizer in marriage. <laughs> I am not. And you know what? I used to think my husband was good, but he's not really either. He says, I'm sorry we fought. Oh, yeah. That's, that's tricky. We that is tricky. That. <laughs> yeah. Now, I saw a meme and it cracked me up because it could not be more true to, I feel like, majority of men. And it said, it, and the meme said, female ask, um, honey, can you please apologize? And the male response, I'm sorry you took what I said that way. <laughs> I used to be in a relationship like that and not toxic, but yeah. just the communication style was like deflection. You yeah. Know? Like, and it's almost like you're handing me a puppy, but all of a sudden has rabies. I was like, that, oh, that's not right. No, 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 no. That no. dog is going to, that dog is diseased. That looks, that looks sweet. Disease. And so I grabbed it and now suddenly I have to get shots in a recovery program. But it's like, I, I'm just learning to like, it is the biggest pill to swallow for me all because I am so freaking independent and I'm stubborn, stubborn. Yeah. So for me to just like, even have to say to love, like, I'm sorry I lost my temper. I'm sorry I snapped at you. Like I explained to her, I'm human too. And sometimes I get tired and she's like, you know, listen, you also, Corey, have two boys. <laughs> True. So that's a different, like if you can even be 84% with boys, I, then you're I do. My, my seven-year-old is impressive. My seven-year-old's very sweet. He is a sensitive baby. And the thing about him that I have to not take advantage of because I'm mostly very patient. I'm like super patient till I'm not. But sometimes the tricky part about parenting is that it works so well when you snap. So this argument yeah. that might have been ongoing if you're patient and you go like, well, let's talk about this. And it, sometimes that's a long conversation where you don't have time. And so there are times when I snap and he's like, OK, mommy, well, let me make this a great day for you. And how can I um, how can I help you today? And I'm like, this is I don't not proud of what just happened. But damn, it was effective. Yeah, but you also <laughs> like that's an emotional intelligence thing. Too. It is it's something to be taught there, too. Like I've told love, I'm like, you are pushing me. I feel frustrated, you know, like I'm trying to say I care statements, but like when you snap, it's okay. It's okay to know that someone has a breaking point. They need to learn that too. Like, I think mean, they have a, a foundation of mostly not that. Yeah. You know, if it's a foundation like, of mostly wow. patience and mostly love and, and then it probably does. It well, probably, it, probably helps. If you know, I, on his sixth bad idea of the morning and he's <laughs> now created some sort of staircase up onto something that he shouldn't be on, which is, gonna happen like you can't if they're doing something dangerous like you have to get to a point where they know it's like if I tell legend when he's on his sixth bad idea buddy that's not a good idea buddy mm -hmm. I don't think so buddy I I'm feeling frustrated he's he is in YOLO mode he does not care about my feelings <laughs> he's gonna do whatever he wants to do so like when I say no sir and I raise my tone and my voice and he gets it then the next time it's a little like he just did it yesterday. He did something really horrible in the morning. I love him. He's full of horrible ideas. And I'm like, dude, bad idea. No, sir. And then he did it again. And it's like, okay, the punishment is not the punishment really, but it's like to him felt like big and sad. And I was like, good, you can't keep doing this. You know, like you're going to hurt yourself. So yeah, you do have well, to parent. You know, It's interesting yeah. that you say that because I think 
legend and Charlie are probably the same human being. And (laughs) I can't speak in an even tone to him. He does not respond unless my voice is loud. Part of it is that he's so in his own head and has so much like ADHD that he's just like, he's not paying attention. And I have to be loud, very loud to get his attention ever. So my whole parenting MO has become to just be loud always, no matter who I'm talking to. So my poor like two-year-old and Ava, who's, you know, 10 and doesn't need to be like yelled at. I am just yelling nonstop because they don't listen. And it's interesting. Like my parent, my mom's always like, you have to stop yelling. And I'm like, you yelled. Where do you think I got this voice from? She's like, I didn't yell. And I'm like, okay, we're remembering two very different childhoods here, right? Did you think you would never yell? Like having come from a childhood where your mom yelled, did you have this idea? Like I'm going to yell at my kids. She was training me to yell. She's always going to yell at my kids. She's she's like, I was captain of the cheerleading team. Like you got to get your voice out there. And then here I was, you know, in broadcasting and theater. And it's like, you've got to project to the back row of the theater, right? So I always thought I have a loud voice by nature. You can tell. So I feel I, like yeah. if you texted me, it'd be all in caps lock. That's how I feel right now. Like yes. I'm supposed to get sweaty. <laughs> you should be on phone conversations with her when she's in the bath and her kids try to come in. It is comical. Yes. That's my time. Self-care should not be my time, but it is. You have boundaries. You make boundaries for yourself. <laughs> touch on you said like about apologizing to your kids and letting them know you're human I think it is so important for our kids to see us fail and to see us overcome that and recognize that's wrong and and say our sorry I think it's I I know my mom used to do that my mom is a very emotional person and and things affect her very deeply everything does and but she would come in a she would come in and apologize. Like if she overreacted to something, she would always come and apologize. And, and I love having that as like a learned behavior pattern because I, I will be the first person to apologize if, if I feel like I'm in the wrong. You over-apologize. I do. I do to a, I do almost to a fault sometimes and I'm working on it. But you know, the thing with me working on that is I noticed when Jonathan and I actively started like working on our marriage, I started to reflect my past relationships. And if you would have asked me five years ago, my, my narrative of my past relationships were, was I dated jerks. They were assholes. Like they were blah, 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 blah. And now looking back, I'm like, you know, they really weren't that bad of guys. I just didn't ever have boundaries. And I kept like, not saying that it was my fault, but it was part my fault. I never, said, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. I just like let them basically like bulldoze over whatever they wanted with me. And I was doing the same thing with Jonathan. And then I finally like put my foot down and I'm like, this isn't healthy. So I'm super good at apologizing to friends, decent at apologizing to my kids. They're like really bad at apologizing to my husband. So I'm working on it. But I think like just in general, like no one's perfect. So as long as you're just like really trying your best, you know, like none of us, my husband came from a a preacher dad and a homemaker mom. So like opposite my life, like 180. And so he never saw conflict. He only saw resolution. So to him, everyone's just needs to be happy and we just stay happy. And I'm like, well, that's actually not really actually real life. Like it's not, I promise you there's things that you didn't hear or see or something, you know? 
And then I came from like all conflict, no resolution. So it takes a minute. Like, you know, I've got a girlfriend who's been married, like, you know, maybe 17 years. And she's like, we're just now getting to a point where like, we feel like we can breathe and go, okay, this is how you grew up. This is how I grew up. Like, we're all just doing our very best. I mean, at least the four of us, I don't know about the whole world, but when you don't, when you don't carry on those like really ugly patterns and you just decide it stops there, you can make a world of difference and you're never going to nail it. So it's really about effort. That's it. From both sides. Both sides have to be putting effort in. You're right. It's just not caring. Being aware of your, of your past though, and how to move forward, I think is a huge part of putting the effort in. I think a lot of times people don't want to do the work to see what demons they have from their past. And, you know, they, I know a lot of people, a lot of people who are completely clueless that they would ever need counseling and they've never done counseling. They're completely against it. They don't think it's for them. And, but you see relationships in their lives that, that are hurting in different ways. And there's nothing worse than someone going, that's just how I am. That's how my father yelled at me. And that's how I'm yelling at you. I've been there. Nothing worse than that. And that's, you have to take accountability for your actions. When you're a grown up, you can't, you can only blame your past for so long. I think you're so right. You have to, you have to look, you have to look inward as much as you look outward. As we were talking about this topic, and I was kind of trying to look at my past and think, you know, have I had toxic relationships? And I think I have had, you know, some toxic friendships that I just realized I had to put at arm's length. But I think my biggest toxic relationship has probably been with myself in the past. My mom was this very strong female presence who took no shit. Like there was no question for my sister and I when she was raising girls, she raised us to be... I mean, you know, I think that we're sweet, but we also, you know, refused to be spoken to a certain way, treated a certain way, so much so that when I, when I started getting into relationships with guys who were very chivalrous, I'd be like, I don't need you to do that for me. Oh my gosh. I can I do it myself. My diary right now. Really? Like, like, I'm good. No, I don't need that. I got yeah. that. Like almost took offense. Like you wanting to do something for me means I can't do it myself. Corey, you know, what's so funny about that is like, I, I teased Ty about this when he was at my house uh, on Saturday. I think yeah. he, he asked like something about ice and I'm like, oh, here, let me get it. I'm like filling ice in his cup. And he's mm-hmm. like, Kayla, I like, I got it. And I'm he like, will oh, literally go, Corey, I, you know, I never need, like, I'll be just making myself some throwing something together on a plate and he'll be like, I'll make him one. He'll be like, you don't know, you, ha- you know, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, I it's know. It's so funny. Like it, that like <laughs> hit me. I just laughed and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I love how you guys have like your system that works and we are two like fiercely independent souls and he and he makes the point he said you know that's what happens when he's like Corey and I were both adults for a long time before we found each other so we had our own system going and on the other hand I was 21 fresh off the farm when I started dating Jonathan for me I mean we talked about this a little bit but moving to New York and kind of like shifting my identity into being someone who was supported by someone else and someone who's role shifted from not being career 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 to being a mom and you know that was my harder shift Um, and that's not the toxic part the toxic part was more you know as a product of the entertainment industry and anything toxic 
came from like people just judging me for exterior reasons and me being really hard on myself about body image and never being good enough. And at the same time, being a pleaser. I was like very headstrong and, and wouldn't be talked to a certain way, but like also a people pleaser. And it's like, that's a weird. But it's such a good combination though. It's it really a weird is. combo. But for me, especially now having a little girl, I don't want any of that toxic body image stuff on her. And I know tons mm-hmm. of women deal with that, obviously. And then we all think about how it affects our kids. And I feel like, you know, boys have that a little bit, but not in the way that women do. You know, they don't have the the same pressure. And so that for me is something that um, it took. I really had, you know, I really had to get past that, like, toxic thing in my own head of, like, over-focusing on it and making it too much of my identity it's crazy like you when you have a little girl I cannot wait for you because it is one of the most healing things I've ever done for myself really yeah I don't rely on her to fix me ever but I know why I was gifted her because like I'm putting on my jeans which was a really sad state of affairs after six months of like hard (laughs) for all of us a structured pant like do I even like myself but I'm like trying to get in my pants and and love's like well mama those are hard to button and I said you know what like I want to say f-a-t like I spell it out I won't even like yeah yeah don't say it it. but I was like instead I was like you know what I just my body is so healthy I said it's gotten so healthy I can't even get my pants on and she's like it's a healthy body mama. And I'm like, even me just saying that instead of saying what I would normally say to myself is like saving me from myself because yeah. I'm so hard on myself. Our industry is ruthless. Like, yeah. you know, it's I'm so true. with like girls that are like, you know, seven years. Who don't look real. Yeah. They're well, they're all <laughs> like decades younger than me. Like I was already having my first French kiss when homegirl was born. So it's I, like, same. Yeah, oranges, you know, and it's like, I didn't sign up for red carpets in my, in my brain. I've always just been a writer. I've always wanted to write. So like, that's like the most, that's the, the least physical thing (laughs) about like your physical appearance you could ever have. It's like, I just want to be back here behind the words in the pages. So, or like behind a microphone in a studio and I don't have to see anyone. Women, you know, like we're so hard on ourselves and I watched my mom do diets and I watched my mom try to do a million things too. And it's like, I just want love to like learn food is here to fuel us. Like you're beautiful and everything is great. And we do like three, she takes baths with me sometimes because unlike Jen, I do not have good boundaries around the bathroom. <laughs> oh <And> no, my <laughs> kids take baths with me every day. That's the problem. Yeah, get out of here. Like I just want like 10 minutes of like, I, call I know. Prayer and so I'm yeah. like, I'm that this, that my parents are probably going to kill me for saying this. And it's not this. Oh my gosh. So if you don't say one thing that you ask us to edit out every podcast. Something's wrong. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, so um, I grew up where I was very close with my parents, and I was like, I was a very good in high school, like until after high school. But I would come home like from dates or basketball games or football games or whatever, and sit on the toilet in our bathroom, and the shower curtain would be closed, and they would be sitting in a tiny little bathtub together taking a bath and it was a very non-sexual thing like they just took a nightly bath every night together in this tiny little like like shower bath combination and I would like talk to them about my day like like with the shower curtain closed and like just 
This is very, it's very Wizard of Oz of you with this like man behind the curtain. <laughs> I know. Like, like, I, so, I need more eye contact in that. It's like, dear God. Well, my mom would like peek out. She's usually in the front of the bathtub. Which <laughs> Yeah, you're going to definitely want to edit this part out. <laughs> but, uh, oh. but speaking of the bathtub, my mom had no boundaries on the bathtub. I don't even have much, like, good to say about me physically ever. Like, if you ask me, like, what are your favorite things about you? It's, like, nothing that has to do with physical appearance ever. And you so, are beautiful. You're, you're sweet, and you're just, there you are. This is what I see in the screen. <laughs> I know. Right. I mean... But also you, Kristen. She's also right. Like, I mean, you, you're, you're beautiful. You're I love you. Beautiful Thanks, person. Brittany. I appreciate you, Brittany. Cheers. Oops, I did it again. Really pretty. But it's I like, think I love. It again. Girl, don't tempt me because I do love Cindy. Um, like when we get in, like when she gets in the bathtub with me, I make her say like three things she loves about herself. And it's so cute to see what she picks. Like, she's like, I love my teeth. And I'm like, okay. And those are like no bigger than a millisecond, you know, because they're just babies. Aww. And then she's like, I really love my toes. And I was like, that's great. And you know, like, just like, I never. Why would I do that with my kids? That's so sweet. Yeah, it's ideal. Like eight, gratitude. Uh, you do. Yeah. Jen, when you think about, um, when you think about, you know, you know, past stuff and demons, like what is your, what do you think about? Well, it's interesting. It's like you and I obviously have talked at length about this and, you know, Corey, I mean, Kristen, I know, I know you, you don't know this, but Corey and I come from very similar backgrounds in terms of how we were raised, the personalities of the people who raised us. And so I don't, thankfully, I don't have a lot of toxic baggage, you know, from my family. But I do feel like I have some relationship demons in the past that have completely influenced how I parent and how I also intend to parent, you know, in later years. And I was never, I think I realized recently that I was, I've never been good in my life at saying goodbye to people who I should say goodbye to. And like you, I was married before my husband, um, and he was a wonderful guy, is a wonderful guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. We just were not right for each other. And all of the things that were wrong in our relationship that led us to decide to divorce became ammo, you know, that I could use in my current marriage to Adrian. And it's, I don't know if my relationship to Adrian would have survived if I didn't have those life skills to like, you know, look back on. And I, I don't know. I, I also, I love that saying. And I, I actually put this in our outline because it's, it's just always been a big part of my life. You know how they say that you're, you make friends with people or in relationships with people for like a reason, a season or a lifetime, right? It's either a reason because you're together just organically or a season of your life. Like you're in college or you're, you have kids in elementary school together or forever. And the couple relationships that I've sort of either walked away from or, or have just that have ended in my life have never really been my choosing. I was always really bad at saying goodbye and just being done with something that was bad for me. And I have two friendships that I am so grateful. Those guys were like, this is not a good friendship for us. And we just like parted ways and it's been, you know, 20 plus years, but I took that and that has sort of been something that for me, I kind of look at and I'm like, I don't want my kids ever to feel like they can't walk away from someone that's not bringing them joy, you know? Yeah, I think it's hard too. Like when you start to model that for another human being, it's like, 
really intense. Like we've been, um, I had a friend and we finally just, it, it was just really toxic. And I'm like, I'm just never going to be what you want me to be. And so then I like, and if you've perceived me one way and you're committed to staying to that perception, like nothing I'm going to do is change is going to change that. And I just have to be like all done. Cause I actually do like myself enough that I'm like, this is like thankless work, you know, but I'm, I feel like I hope to instill that same thing in love and legend. Oh, legend bless his girlfriend's heart. I mean, we will find her. Um, and I will make sure she is sorry, but it's like, she'll be really good at helping when bad decisions happen. Yeah. It's the main criteria. Yeah. Let's hope it's just, it's, it's like as women, we're so nurturing and so lovey and so second chance giving, I feel like, and we're just like, it's the way we're designed almost to just keep pouring out when there's nothing like finding something to pour out, you know, like making something out of nothing. And I think like, just knowing when to say enough is enough is like the most, one of the most beautiful and sacred traits in life, because you have to just say, not everybody is your people, you know? You know, it's so interesting. Corey and I met like 20 years ago, maybe. I, I don't know. Has it really been that long? Oh my gosh. Close to it. I think it's been 20, almost 20 years. And mm-hmm. we have this mutual friend named Amy Kennedy, who we should give a shout out to. We used to have these brunches on like Saturday or Sunday morning, post a big like- I don't even know oh, if you can call it brunch. It was it like wasn't. brunch turned all day. Yeah, it was like exactly. all day, we could all do day that. drinking, right? And one of the things I will never forget, I was going through a really hard breakup, not my choice, a really hard breakup. And Amy Amy looked at me and she's like, we're done with anyone who steals our sparkle. And I was like, oh, I love that. It was my favorite line. It became my favorite line. If you steal our sparkle, you're over. That's Kayla's new um, mantra. Hey, do you guys remember the Friends episode where they talked about the wind stealers or whatever? Do you remember this? No. no. What is it? Because I love Friends and I've seen it like a billion times. They read this book called like the wind stealers or something or like he's stealing your wind. Like they're passing the the book around. I always go back to that. And she was like, and then Ross walks in and says something. He's like, hey, can I have that donut or something? And she's like, see, he's stealing your wind again. I think that's just so important is just not letting those bad things continue and teaching different patterns to our kids and learning and evolving. Not <laughs> stealing. Is it stealing your wind? Is that is it the, is that stealing your wind? I'm going to find it. I'm going to send it to you. Wind guys. stealers. We can go with sparkle. I like sparkle, sparkle better. I mean, wind could be, you know, a fart taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. That's what I actually, that's what I actually didn't like. You're it, allowed to steal my wind. Go ahead. my stinky toots. <laughs> and then it's like, no, that is toxic. Truly. I'm so glad you said that, Jen, because you got to find the people that make you feel like you get your sparkle back and the people who make you feel good inside when you're around them. If someone, whether it's a friend or a partner, if they make you feel bad all the time and you leave with like an icky feeling, that to me is a big sign. Or if they don't make you feel like with your kids, Kristen, you, I love what you said about like love wants to be home. It's like her happy place. Mm-hmm. That's a place you created for her. And that's how you should feel when you're with your partner, with your friends. It's like, like it's just your comfort zone and your home. Yeah, it's like life is way too short to just be spending excess energy on a bunch of people, a bunch of fools that just don't care. And, and at the root of a lot of those people that are just like committed to perceiving you wrong is such a deep insecurity and so much work that they need to do in themselves that it's like 
that is just not your battle and you can love them and and learning to love them differently was really hard for me like um detaching with love is something they talk about in the therapeutic world a lot but like just to say like i love you but doesn't but i love you doesn't mean that like you're going to come to my house anymore or i love you doesn't mean that i'm going to pick up the phone every single time you call anymore or how much do i need to hear that right now very much detach with love like it's okay to just like and you know i talked about it actually this week's podcast my own podcast i talked about boundaries i love boundaries like i am boundary master um (laughs) i gosh i love a good boundary but and i'm not afraid to say it which is also like a good empowerment and like a good point of healing if you're a kid growing up the way i grew up like to say like no sir no ma'am like but people always think boundaries are like this electric fence i just read this quote the other day and it's like it doesn't have to be it could just be like i envision it like the old school department store velvet ropes you know like it could just be like hey i'd said I'd actually suggest you stand over there instead. It doesn't have to be like you can't come in or it's it's okay to preserve your own energy that it's not against anyone. And a lot of times they don't, you don't have to sit down. People think you have to have this like long, you know, closing table kind of discussion with people about boundaries. Just yeah. start just putting it out there, even with your kids. You know, like I told love the other day, I was like, I would really like to pee alone one time a day. I would just a good boundary to have as a parent. By myself, you know, like, or whatever, but just looking at ourselves. I start my bath. 10 minutes is my time. That's it. No one's allowed in. And beyond that, they can then come pile in the tub. But 10 minutes is my time. Let's be honest. Kids can't tell time. You're fine. Like, it's only been three minutes, guys. Oh, my word. Yeah. (laughs) An hour later. Yeah. But you're right. You can just sort of like, with love, put someone in a different category in your life. And you have these people that you surround yourself with. And then there's layers that move outward from there. And you don't necessarily have to have big, some big conversation about like, I'm done with you. I'm breaking up with you. I'm whatever. You can just sort of like create space where you need it for yourself. I'm going to interject though. I will say that doesn't mean that when someone has done something that is stolen your sparkle or dulled your shine or or something that has hurt your feelings that then you just call jen yeah because it does need to be addressed i do think that you have to address those things especially if you want to keep people in your life in any capacity it has to be addressed but it it doesn't mean that you can't put them in a different category as well like sort of assertive communication is like one of my most favorite things like i but then i also it's like learning how not everyone will receive the way that you receive. So like there's certain people I can sit down with and explain till I'm blue in the face that they hurt my feelings and they're never going to want to hear it. So I just have to go, okay, when I'm exhausted with that, they're just over here in a different category and it's, they're just not in my orbit anymore. You know, I have so much of that in my life. People that I'm like, I love you from right here. Same. The best thing in the world, though, and this is something I was not good at, and I always tell Kayla she just needs 10 more years and she'll get there because she's a baby girl. <laughs> but it is such a wonderful thing to be at a place with friends that you trust enough to go like, hey, that made me feel not great. Like, what's going on? And I hate nothing more than, like, passive aggressiveness between people you're supposed to be close with. I love nothing more than than friends who love me enough to be direct with me and friends that I can reciprocate that with. Yeah, like, um, yeah, like I have two of my very best girlfriends. Like, we've had falling outs before, and we've come back to the table with some time and said, like, I love you, and I'm sorry, and this is what, you know, it's just, like, that's the real friendship. That's, yeah. like... That's the like super rich kind of stuff that like will make life way easier 
Well, those are the, those are the lifetime friendships that we talk about. Those are the ones that are as good as family, you know? Then, you know, I love you so much because of that text you sent me. (laughs) But it was, no, it's not, but it wasn't that. She sent me a text. It was probably like a couple months ago or a month ago or whatever. No, it was a while ago. Yeah, because, because remember Jonathan, Jonathan made a joke and said, you can marry Loxley, you can marry Loxley. And he looked at Charlie and he said, but not you. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Now I remember. Charlie, this legend in Charlie Armin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just true. Joking. But like, what I loved is you just texted me and, and it was just like a couple things and it wasn't even an issue yet. You just said, I'm internalizing this and it could be an issue. So I'm just letting you know, because I love you and we're friends. And yeah. like, it was one of those things that like we were, she told me what her boundaries were and we just like talked about it and like had an amazing conversation. So it never even got to a thing. Well, like, that's how friends operate. And especially and I, that's how adult friends operate. And right? I loved it well, so much because um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like my relationships in the past, because like me in the past, how I would have taken that is I would have, hated myself so much and I would have taken instead of just having a conversation and moving forward I would have taken that and then I would have made sure to make it obvious that I was doing the exact opposite of all of that and I would have made a production out of it because I would have wanted to make sure you knew that I was not going to do that anymore blah, 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 blah. and it'd have to be this huge thing and Isn't that exhausting like don't you just get exhausted I don't have time I just don't have time for that anymore I think that's what it is it's like I just don't have time I think Kayla's joined that club. Kayla, I totally appreciate you and your response and the way that you came, you know, came to the table to have like a real conversation about it because there's nothing worse than getting up the courage to talk to someone that you love about something that bothers you and for them to come back at you and be like, well, what about you? I don't like that you did this. Instead of just being able to say, I appreciate the message. I appreciate the email. I appreciate the phone call. Thank you for saying it. I'll be more aware. And then a couple weeks later saying, hey, by the way, can we talk about this? Because this also can, you know, this bothered yeah, me. Things Instead are of similar. A tit for tat. It drives me crazy. Our goal here is we just have a real conversation between friends on a microphone. And I feel like Kristen is like... We could just talk about a million things. Yeah. I love you. This is like, I needed it because it is true. The other thing is I'm so good at isolating myself when I get overwhelmed or flooded with feelings that like I've learned in my adult life to like really just be like, hey girl, I need a second. Yeah. I mean, I think this is therapy for all of us and it's so fun to have had you on today. And then I feel like I want to tell people like her podcast is soul medicine. So make sure you check out in Kristen, we brust. I really appreciate it. Like the whole idea of even doing the podcast was just to like have like my whole thing was, I just want a girlfriend's girlfriend place to go. Like, you know, people that don't have the kind of like it's overused, but tribe or like, you know, the the circle that we all have and don't have a table that they can just come to and be like, I'm a mess and like be fed into. It made me so sad. So I was like, well, if we can just kind of start making that feeling happen because of the way the world is, there's a lot more isolation than ever when I think being a, being a mom can be isolating already for so many reasons. So, um, so anyway, we really appreciate you and every, all the goodness you're putting out on your podcast and you coming to share with us today. Hey, I kind of want to re, I want to resurrect the brunch that you guys used to do. Yes, so do we. Okay. <laughs> yes. So maybe like, even okay. if that's messy and add kids for like the yes. first time until we can really like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Maybe okay. I bring my own velvet ropes and we actually just section ourselves off. And we're like, <laughs> I got yeah, how old your kids are. We go to brunch and we put our kids at another table sometimes. And I want to so. like, I want to talk sometime about y'all like, like coming in hot to in Kristen we breast too. Heck I love yeah. That. I feel like fun when we can all start like sharing spaces. I know. Kristen, uh, it made my day to see you. We could have talked to you for like hours and hours more. We're going to do that in person real soon. Kristen, you seriously are a joy. Kristen, I am so grateful to you personally for coming on because I know Corey and Kayla speak very highly to you, but it's been great to meet you. And thank you for sharing your stories. We have a lot of great episodes coming up in the next couple weeks. Our friend Cassie Wicks. We have an episode on postpartum anxiety and one teed up for bullying. Please hit us up on our socials at Hi, My Name is Mom Official. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye, ladies. Your name is Mom.